Harry, Ron, and Hermione had always known that Hagrid had an unfortunate liking for large and monstrous creatures. During their first year at Hogwarts, he had tried to raise a dragon in his little wooden house. And it would be a long time before they forgot the giant three-headed dog he'd christened Fluffy. And if, as a boy, Hagrid had heard that a monster was hidden somewhere in the castle, Harry was sure he'd have gone to any lengths for a glimpse of it. The Belated Binge Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Belated Binge Podcast. I'm Zach, your host, revisiting some of the most iconic series in recent memory that I almost missed out on, like our current binge of Harry Potter, where, despite being the same age as movie Harry, I didn't read this series through until my mid-20s. That's the belated part. Now we're going back, a chapter, two at a time, picking apart what's on the page and speculating about what isn't, particularly Dumbledore's role in his master plan. What did he know? When did he know it? And deep diving the motivations guiding the story. And of course, infusing as much sarcasm as humanly possible. That's the binge part. Together, they make the belated binge. And today, we continue our reread of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. But before we get into it, this podcast will have spoilers. This series wrapped up in 2007. If you hadn't read them by now, you're even later than I was. That is 15. Teen years, people. This podcast will also have some adult language. You can buy them in the kids section at the bookstore, but I didn't read them until I was a grown-ass man. Shout out to Alex Swetland, our free elf patron. To be cool like Alex, go to patreon.com slash belatedbinge to see all the benefits available at each of the different tiers for patrons. Now, getting into today, I originally had a guest lined up for this one, but our schedules just couldn't come together. But uh, I'm super excited to work with them for Prisoner of Azkaban, which we are already nailing down. Stay tuned, I guess, for the reveal of who that guest might be. So I'll be flying solo today, but in the next episode of this podcast, I will be joined by a new guest who goes by the name of Firebird on the Dusty Cauldron podcast, a podcast in which I will also be making an appearance to talk hypotheticals and headcanons related to Snape and Lily's relationship. I would encourage you greatly to check that out. Uh, As of the time that I'm recording this episode, I'm not sure when that one is going to get posted over on the Dusty Cauldron feed, so keep an eye on the Belated Binge social channels for an update on that. And speaking of guesting on other podcasts, shout out to Sam over at Content and Capable for having me on for that episode. Uh, if you want to go check out that feed, there are... Um, there, I, I posted about it on social uh, as well, but uh, I would encourage you to go take a gander at that conversation that we had. It was quite enjoyable. Now, in case you were obliviated or you got your Hogwarts letter late, let's shove our faces in that white liquidy substance of our pensive. In Chapter 13 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, The Very Secret Diary, someone... <clears throat> Jenny tried to flush a book down a toilet, which is not the disposal method I would have recommended. Uh, But as plot would have it, that person 
Jenny chose a toilet in Moaning Myrtle's bathroom, one she just happened to be hanging out in, all of this leading Harry to obtain Tom Riddle's diary, which was not what a certain red-headed first year was particularly thrilled to see. This was especially true after he received her singing Valentine. Eventually, Harry figures out how to communicate with Diary Tom, who shows him how Hagrid was framed for killing Myrtle 50 years ago. I also shared a theory that I have that if Harry had kept the diary, Diary Tom wouldn't have had a reason to release the basilisk on Muggleborns in the school anymore. I also made my case for what his plan would have been once he realized that Harry Potter had his diary. If you missed any of that, check out the previous episode of this very podcast. Now, we shall dive into the events of this week's chapter with Priority Incan Chapter. We've reached the point where our wands connect, not the tips, just the streams, so we can recap what went down in the chapter we just read. Chapter 14 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, titled Cornelius Fudge, starts off with the trio doing, well, what the trio does. Seriously, this this formula for plot development is used a ton in this series. Harry has obtained some information of vital importance to the wizarding world in an often unusual or unexpected way. He then has informed Ron and Hermione of the information, and the three of them are now discussing their theories about what it means and what they're going to do to save the day. Usually, it goes something like, Hermione said something super logical or super smart that she assumes everyone should know, already making it super logical. Ron said... That's crazy. There's no way it can be that. Are you sure it's not just... Insert something funny here. Harry said, I don't know, but I'm the hero of this book, so I'll figure it out at some point. In this case, they're discussing the memory that Tom Riddle showed Harry through the diary pensive type of weird magic thing. They're backing their guy Hagrid. They definitely don't think that he would have been evil in any way or ever tried to hurt anyone, but they do know very, very well that he has a blind spot and a caring nature for beasts. And then we get a time jump where apparently things are kind of thawing out in the castle. Even Ernie McMillan wasn't a complete and total dick to Harry anymore. Oh, and there hadn't been anyone that had been attacked, which is also good. This is also, as we know, because Harry has the diary in his possession currently. And if you listened to the last episode, you heard my theory that Tom Riddle doesn't want to use Harry to release the Basilisk anyway. The attacks would have been done for good. Until, of course, Harry's dorm got tossed, and someone stole the diary. But before we get there... I have to shout out the super mature and funny little bit about mandrakes. Apparently, these mandrake plants, they just threw some kind of super rowdy party in the greenhouse. And according to Professor Sprout, when they start climbing into each other's pots, they'll be fully mature. This kid's book just 
legitimately said, Hey, the Mandrakes are high school kids at this point, and as soon as they start getting it on with each other, we can stew them up and unpetrify some people. Which is hilarious. But, like I said, someone stole Tom Riddle's diary, and the trio are weirded out about it. Mostly because they say it'd have to be a Gryffindor. Which was kind of a record scratch moment for me reading this again. Like, did we not literally just have two of our main characters disguise themselves and get into the Slytherin common room like two chapters ago? The idea that the lounge in a dormitory at a school full of teenagers is just so impenetrable that it's absolutely impossible that anyone but a member of Gryffindor House stepped foot inside that dormitory is... Let's call it a stretch. To me, anyway. Explainiarmus. It's time to disarm your reluctancy and explain how you can support this podcast. Belated Binge is a fully independent production. I read the books, write the script, record the episode, edit the recording, pick and produce the sounds, manage the content schedule, manage social media, promote the podcast, and feed producer Jack. Any costs from equipment to software to website development, marketing, any of that comes out of my pocket. And despite how many times I've been told we look alike, I'm no Harry Potter. No half giant has ever taken me to a bank full of cash and said, hey, you're rich. Having a podcast takes a lot and it's not easy. So your support is literally the only thing that keeps the show going. And there are a few key ways you can support the podcast. First, Word of mouth is absolutely huge. If you enjoy the show, please tell every one of your Potterhead friends to give it a shot. Also, many of the pod players now support a rating and review function. Apple, Spotify, Good Pods, Podchaser, just to name a few. And it takes about four seconds to leave a five-star rating on the app. This can be greatly impactful. If you have more than four seconds and the app that you're using supports written reviews, that's even better. Think about how reliant we are on reviews. Whether you're buying something new or deciding what book to read next, we're always looking at ratings and reviews to weigh into our decision. Podcasts are no different, and your positive review could be the difference in someone discovering the show and deciding to give it a chance. Another great way to support the show is engaging in the conversation yourself, whether it be answering the specific questions I pose during the show or on social media. Maybe you just have a theory of your own or you want to leave some feedback. I'd love to hear from you and maybe even share it on the podcast. You can submit your thoughts by leaving a voicemail on the website, belatedbinge.com. Just click the little leave a voicemail icon on the page that you visit. If you don't like the sound of your own voice, you can also respond in written form by using the contact form on the website, leaving comments or DMs on social media. My handle is belatedbinge across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can also email belatedbinge at gmail.com. The final and perhaps most impactful form of support is to become a patron on Patreon. I've made a ton of updates to Patreon membership benefits this season and some goals to shoot for as well there are currently six tiers available designed to fit any budget level ranging from one dollar to twenty dollars with all the bells and whistles so 
Benefits range from early access to ad-free versions of the show, recognition on the website, bonus episodes, patron shoutouts, show prep notes, insider participation, bingey award participation, input on show content and future benefits, a drawing for a physical gift sent from me to you, and others. I've also set some growth goals that will unlock new benefits for existing tiers and maybe even adding some more stuff as we go. The first goal is to get 10 total patrons, at which point I will start a patrons Discord server. However you choose to support the show, thank you. I truly appreciate it. Now, let's get you back into the flow of the episode. This episode is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And Quidditch! It's game day, folks. But Harry can't even get to the pitch before hearing the voice again. Kill this time. Let me rip. Tear. And Hermione gets a light bulb moment. And she runs off to the library, leaving the boys standing there, scratching their heads. And what happens next? Better get to Quidditch! What in the actual hell? (laughs) I don't understand. In this book, we have had several examples. I can't at this point remember if it's three. It might be three. Multiple, at least, examples of Harry hearing a creepy-ass voice talking about ripping and tearing and killing and shredding and Xerox copying. Well, not that last one. Every single time this has happened, a student in this school, a muggle-born student, has been attacked. Right now, in this moment, Harry is hearing this voice again. He knows someone is about to get got. Better go play Quidditch? And if that's not stupid enough, they just let Hermione run off alone as a muggle-born student, and there wasn't a flinch or a moment of concern from these two. Our biggest concern is Quidditch. Someone, please, make this make sense. Of course, Quidditch is canceled, and Prof. McGee takes Harry and Ron to the hospital wing to see what a shock. Hermione petrified and someone else the ravenclaw prefect penelope clearwater who we later learn is sleeping with percy no disrespect to her but this book is from harry's perspective so all we really care about is hermione (laughs) who'd a thunk it if only a deadly monster roaming hogwarts was as important as quidditch to our little dumbass duo maybe they wouldn't be a dumbass duo again they would still be a golden trio. So now the school is on complete lockdown, or kind of, sort of, lockdown. Probably three attacks too late, but there's, you know, now safety matters, I guess. Curfew, escorts, no more Quidditch, heaven forbid, 
And when there's a lockdown in Hogwarts, our boys are going to go on an adventure. This time to Hagrid's. Thanks to Harry's invisibility cloak that we needed to remember that he owned. So Hagrid greets them in the way that any convicted felon might. With a crossbow aimed at their faces. And dumbass one, Harry, of course, as has to ask the obvious question in this situation. What's that for? It's for shooting an arrow through your eye hole. So we're pretending this is normal. And Harry's throwing softball questions like, Are you okay, Hagrid? Did you hear about Hermione? Holy hell, kid. You're breaking curfew in a school that's on lockdown with a murderous monster on the loose, and you came here to question the person convicted of this exact crime 50 years ago who greeted you with a deadly weapon in your face. Maybe skip the small talk. Nobody needs tea. Just ask him what you came to ask him. What the hell, Hagrid? Is this one of your pets, or what? We don't get there, though, because now, knock, knock, Dumbledore at the door. The Dumbledore, if you will. And now we're spectators, hiding under the invisibility cloak, and the exposition through dialogue begins. Because Dumbledore isn't alone. Unfortunately, he has Cornelius Fudge, the Minister of Magic, tagging along. The gist here is the minister knows that Hagrid has the record that Hagrid has, and he's here to take him away. Dumbledore's response starts as simple as, Hagrid has my full confidence, which goes about as far as a letter from your teacher during a murder trial. But the way Harry describes the fire in Dumbledore's eyes when he tells the wizard president that taking Hagrid away from Hogwarts isn't going to stop any future attacks, reminds us that as powerful as Dumbledore is and as much sway and influence he has in this world and how often he knows more about what's going on than anyone else at the same time, in this power dynamic, it's a school principal versus the country president. Fudge might be uncomfortable here. He might be intimidated by Dumbledore clearly, and he may absolutely prove his incompetence very, very early on, but he's still the minister. Dumbledore is head wizard on the cobble street. Fudge is head wizard in charge of government, and his incompetence is shining brightly. Not only is he acting to, and I quote, be seen doing something, he's also admitting he doesn't think Hagrid is guilty. And he's calling this a, another quote, short stretch only, not as a punishment, but a precaution. If someone else gets caught, they'll let him out with a full apology. This dude is chucking Hagrid into Dementor Hell, Azkaban Prison, so that the voters see him doing something. I'm going to let that sink in for just a second. Cool. So it can't get worse than this, right? And then someone else is knocking at the door. And it's Lucius Malfoy. Just the twat we wanted to see tonight. And he's here to suspend Dumbledore. And even Fudge comes immediately to Dumbledore's defense in this moment. But apparently, 
being head wizard in charge of government doesn't give you the power to veto a note from the school board. Cool. It's good to know where the lines are drawn in this wizarding world, making it clear as mud. After some back and forth from the group talking about taking Dumbledore away and taking all of this, um, we're, we're going to focus more on the Dumbledore, um, some of the quotes in this taking Dumbledore away from Hogwarts uh, conversation because it's just, it's riddled in foreshadow. So that's definitely going to come up more in the divination segment of this episode. But it does uh, lead us to Dumbledore looking in Harry's direction and delivering one of the most iconic lines of this entire series. Uh, another, more quotes. Lots of quotes. Lots of quotes in this, in this recap. But it goes a little something like this. You will find that I will only truly have left this school when none here are loyal to me. You will also find that help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it. And with that, Dumbledore agrees to honor the wishes of the board. And the chapter ends with Hagrid shouting about, Follow the spiders! before Fudge hauls him off to prison. So in one day, one chapter, one day, one, I don't know, six hours at best, (laughs) period, we have lost... Hermione to petrification, Dumbledore to a suspension, and Hagrid to Azkaban. But damn it, we were supposed to play Quidditch. Uh, With that, we've reached the end of this episode of Belated Binge. As always, shout out to producer Jack, who I work like a dog. Remember to follow and subscribe to the show on whatever podcast player you're using right now. And if it supports a rating and review option, please go ahead and leave one. And if you're so inclined, check out the additional benefits available on patreon.com slash belated binge. If you're reading along next episode, we're covering chapter 15 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Aragog, and I will be joined by a special guest, Firebird from the Dusty Cauldron Podcast. Until then, I'll see you next time on the Belated Binge Podcast. The door banged shut and Ron pulled off the invisibility cloak. We're in trouble now, he said hoarsely. No Dumbledore? They might as well close the school tonight. There will be an attack a day with him gone. Fang started howling, scratching at the closed door.